This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as uh, simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more know, doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. It's time to play like a jet with your host, Scott Mason. Play like a jet. What does that mean? Makai Becton, ladies and gentlemen. Human beings that large should not run as fast as Makai Becton did. And if you like people just abusing other humans, the Makai Becton tape is for you. Denzel Mims with another monster score of 70 yards. Quick pass to Crowder trying to get him out of space. Slopes a tackle, and there he goes. Crowder, it's a foot race, and Crowder is in there. A 69-yard touchdown. Donald escapes, trying to buy himself some time. Fires, end zone, it's caught. Incredible play by Donald. He'll hit immediately when he got the handoff. You know and that's the Q-inator. Oh my gosh. Listen, thank you. From the TOJ Digital Studio, this is Play Like a Jet. My name is Scott Mason. You can follow me on Twitter at PlayLikeAJet1. And we're going to talk film, a little X and O quick hits, but not with Joe Blewett again this week. He is keeping the streets safe. Last week, Robbie Sabo of JetsXFactor.com joined me. Today, it's Joe's partner in crime over on YouTube. They do YouTube Lives once a month. They're doing another one coming up on Monday Mr. Kyle Smith. Kyle, been way too long, buddy. Thanks for coming back on the podcast. Yes, Scott. It's probably been at least a solid three years, I would say, something like that. And it's interesting that you called me partner in crime. What are you saying, that Joe Blewett, a man of the law, is actually (laughs) breaking the law? (laughs) He's breaking the laws of Jets Twitter by telling the truth no matter what. He doesn't care if people don't like what he has to say, but he's going to tell the truth the way that he sees it, just as you will and just as the two of you do together on YouTube. So let's talk about your observations, particularly from this game against Miami. I know that you and your brother Gary did the AFC East Bros podcast for a long time, and so you're very well versed in the division. I know that in the past, Joe Blewett and I have been higher on Quentin Williams than you were, but you got to admit, especially in this game, Quentin Williams is just starting to kick butt all over the place. Yeah, he, he's he's looking better every and every each and every week. There's no doubt about it. Um, 
And yeah, like, you know, you're, you're seeing something with like the past deflections. Like Quinnen's not a, a, an overly big guy. He's not super tall. He doesn't have super long arms. But, you know, little, 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 little nuanced things like, you know, jumping at the right time. Okay, I'm not going to get to the quarterback right here. So let me jump at this time to deflect the ball. And I don't remember how many pass deflections he had exactly, but you're starting to see those little things. And those are game changers, you know, because if someone catches a pass and it goes for seven yards, you know, even if it's not a first down, it completely changes the down and distance and how you make a call. But if it's a pass deflection, it's a, it's a gain for nothing right there. So you're even starting to see those little things. And yeah, you and Joe Blewett were super high on Quinnen. And I loved Quinnen too. And, you know, you can ask my brother. And I wanted the Jets to take him. I wanted the Jets to take him over Bosa. But I'm still like, you know, I'm seeing some Jets fans call Quinnen elite now. And I am not there yet, just to be fair. Like, I want to give kid the kid credit. And he's, you know, I was certainly more skeptical on him in the beginning of the year. And now he's, car- he's starting to kind of come into what we thought he could be. But I'm still not anywhere close to calling him elite yet. Even even like some of the, the, the sacks that he had in this game like weren't super impressive. If, I, if I'm not mistaken, one of them came off a stunt where he kind of just got free. Um, and he's still a lot better against the run than he is against the pass. But sometimes with Quinnen, it's, it's never – it doesn't look super pretty and he's not super explosive. He doesn't have that elite level, level of athleticism that some other defensive tackles have. And I feel like personally like – if Quinnen doesn't win initially off the snap, he's – I don't want to say he's done on the rep, but it's kind of that. Like if, if an offensive lineman gets a good shot at him, Quinnen is not the best at fighting him off. But he is good at, at certain little things. Like he's very good at getting skinny and getting nimble. Uh, and he does ha- he does play with a good motor, so that also works in his favor. But um, – Listen, I know uh, this is one of Quinnen's best games, and here I, I sound like I'm shitting on him right now. I'm just, I just want to listen. Jets fans, just calm the hype down a little bit. I want to see a little bit more and stuff. And for those that, of you that might be thinking he's Aaron Donald, he's not Aaron Donald. Aaron Donald can consistently win as an edge rusher. Quinnen is never going to win as an edge rusher. All right, so there's a clear big difference between the two of them right there. Um. The kid is definitely getting better, and listen, I don't want to say F Greg Williams. I think Greg Williams overall is a good defensive coordinator, but Greg Williams is not playing Quinnen Williams right. He It is still insane how much he is uh, looping him on stunts. When that's not Quinnen's game, Quinnen doesn't need to be freed up on a stunt, stunt. Just let him play three technique and let him shoot that gap consistently every time. That's when he wins. So that is quite annoying to see him constantly on stunts. I'm wondering if a new defensive coordinator is going to change things up next year. We'll find out soon enough. You don't think Quinn and Williams is quite elite yet, but what about Makai Becton? You got to think that if he's not elite, he's pretty close, right? Yeah, this kid, I have no doubts that this kid's going to be a perennial, like all pro, pro bowl type of player year in, year out, considering he stays healthy. Um, I tweeted at Brandon Thorne, who I'm pretty sure you've had on the show before, who is an offensive line expert who like literally grinds, you know, the end zone angle of the all 22 tape for every single team. So he knows every single offensive lineman and every single defensive lineman pretty damn well. And I asked him straight up. I was like, I have to imagine that there's not five other linemen in the entire league that move defenders at the rate that Mekhi Becton does. I mean, we are talking like, he's just not moving a guy out of a gap. He's completely washing them out of a gap and driving them downfield. Like for five, 10, 
15 yards sometimes. You know, that that type of movement is just unreal. And I don't think that it is crazy to say at this point that when it comes to kicking out people on outside zone blocks, when you clearly want to give that running back a clearly defined path, I would imagine there's nobody better in the league right now than Mekhi Becton when it comes to outside zone kicking the edge defender out. I, I'm serious. I, I mean, listen, I don't grind the amount of tape that Brandon Thorne does, but I just have a tough time believing that. He's so good at that. I mean, the amount of movement that he gets on these guys. And you could just tell after the play, like when you look at the defender after they've just been moved like that, you can tell through their body language that they're like, holy shit. Anyway, uh, so that's really impressive. He does need to work on his pass blocking a little bit. Mm-hmm. I've always loved his his footwork. He's got such smooth feet for a guy that tall and that weighs that much. Uh, what's what's what needs some work is his hand placement and the timing of his punches. Sometimes I feel like he uh, too often he and this is partly because of his height. He's very tall. He shoots high with his hands, and if you shoot high with your hands and, and you miss and you're hitting like the shoulder pad, you're not getting good contact on the guy, and, you're, and his hands sometimes slide up. And if you're not getting a good punch, sometimes the, these defenders can get under, under him a little bit. Um, so he needs to work a little bit on the timing of his punch. He's punching too early and sometimes a little too high. But with time, I have no doubts that you know he's going to work that out. When you want to talk about elite, I can get on board with calling him elite. I agree with you. A guy that size should not be able to move that way. I want to talk about the rest of the trenches, though. There's some other really good players, particularly on the defensive line. John Franklin Myers has been a revelation as a pass rusher on the interior. Foley Fadakasi has been a tremendous run stuffer. And then on the offensive line, got to say, wasn't a huge fan of George Fant, but even though he didn't play this past week, overall, I thought he's been better than at least I expected. Connor McGovern hasn't been great, but they've both been better than what the Jets had last year. So overall, I think they're doing okay in the trenches. Still some work to be done, particularly on the offensive line. But again, in this game against Miami, they held up okay. Yeah, they did. And it's, you know, when you want to blame a lot of the offensive woes, uh, is the offensive line great? Were they great in this game? No, they weren't. But they were they were good enough. But uh, again, a lot of it goes down to scheming and coaching. And boy, oh boy, Sam Darnold. Oh my God, did he have another stinker? Um, you know, I know Robbie Sabo, who came on the show last week. He had a very popular video that he put out on Twitter of you know uh, Darnold missing Crowder on a wide open wheel route down the field, where Darnold's eyes are clearly looking to the left for. Multiple seconds. I don't know how he didn't see Crowder or if he did see him, why he didn't pull the trigger, why he didn't feel confident enough. It's little things like that that you, you need to take advantage of. But yeah, um, you know, McGovern has, you know, been a disappointment to a lot of people and he hasn't been overly impressive. But if you compare him to what the Jets have been putting out at center over the past couple of years, it is, in my estimation, pretty much night and day. And that is more of an indictment on what they previously had. But this guy is pretty solid, and I still feel like he is pretty good. I mean, like, he's not the strongest dude in the world, but he can move laterally, and he is pretty good at reaching defenders, um, which is very crucial when you're trying to get the ball on a, on uh, outside zone runs, which Gase loves to run very often. Um, you know, Van Roten is pretty solid. 
you know, maybe he took a step back a little bit, but overall he's pretty solid. And if you want to talk about the difference between Fant and the other two guys that we can play at tackle, not referring to Beckton, but referring to uh, McDermott and uh, Chuma Adoga, who was also out in this game. Yeah, there is a very, very big difference between those guys. Fant is... I mean, he's not league average when it comes to tackle, but he's solid. And he's been overall solid for the Jets, especially in comparison to what they've had in previous years. But, yeah, missing him definitely did hurt this offensive line. There's no doubt about it. Uh, this this dude, McDermott, is really bad. He's thoroughly unathletic. Uh, he leans way too much in pass pro reps, leans way too much. And he gets beat constantly because of that. Um, bad feet combined with poor bad athleticism, which comes from his poor footwork. And then just, you know, the bad technique with, you know, leaning too much defenders take advantage of that and they get by him easily. So, um, yeah, I was kind of hoping because I, I'm obviously very much pro tank. I was hoping that Fant wasn't going to be able to go this week so that McDermott or Odoga would have to play. But uh, it doesn't look like that's going to happen. And if you want to talk about Adoga, you know, correct me if I'm wrong, Scott, but one of the things that pe- people praised Adoga for was uh, quick feet. But the problem is with him is even though he has quick feet and he can move them pretty quick for a guy who's around 300 pounds, they're very sloppy. Mm-hmm. And his footwork, it, you know, it's it he does he gets off balance really easily. So what's the point of having quick feet if they don't move in a succinct, efficient manner? So he's been a big disappointment. He gives you absolutely nothing in the run game. So um, I'm totally for, uh, you know, good old Joe Douglas looking to draft more on the offensive line and eventually moving on from him. As far as the rest of the trenches, like I said, the offensive line is improved, even if it's not great. But the defensive line, as I outlined before, you got to say that's probably still the strength of the team, right? Yeah. Um, even though, I mean, if you, and you want to consider edge rusher in there, yeah, they are, uh, they are the strength of the team. Fadu Kasi, he's got to be a top five run stuffer in the entire league. Mm-hmm. Um, very solid one tech and people even nationally recognize that like bets all 22 on Twitter was saying that, listen, 94 on the jets, that dude that never loses a, a, a run snap. And he really doesn't. He's going to give you nothing in the pass rush department, Fadu Kasi. But, man, that dude is an absolute savage as a one-tech, uh, constantly splitting defenders. And you'd you'd mentioned John Franklin Myers as a pass rusher, and I don't know if enough people are talking about it, but one thing I like about John Franklin Myers is he's showing more uh, diversity, and he can actually give you some decent pass rush, re- pass rush reps off the edge. Uh, and I'm pretty sure he even had a, a good edge, edge rush rep in this game, if I'm not mistaken, too. So he's been a revelation. Uh, I I really liked him. Um, and he continues to press me week in, week out. Yeah, there's still the strength of the team. But again, that's not saying much. There's a reason why the Jets are 0-11, right? Certainly. Although one guy that I would say is part of the reason that they've been looking better is Bryce Hall. He had his second start against Miami. And he's somebody that had a horrific injury 
in his final season at the University of Virginia. You want to talk about terrible luck. He could have gone in the first or second round if not for the fact that he went back to school for his senior year and then he probably still would have gone somewhere in the second, third round area, but then he had that injury and so he ends up going in the fifth round and I know that injuries are part of football, but they're still a difficult thing to deal with, especially in a situation like that with a player who sacrificed so much and then had such bad luck. But just as injuries are part of sports, if a player gets hurt, usually, like Bryce Hall, they do eventually recover. But when someone gets injured because of somebody else's negligence, it can be a life-changing event. And when that happens, you want a strong legal team fighting for you to make sure that you receive full compensation for your injuries. You want to be able to call your legal team whenever you want. You don't want your file to be on a shelf with hundreds of other people. And you do not want your lawyers to be afraid to go to court. You want the legal team at Faruqi and Faruqi. They give their clients their personal cell phone numbers to call 24-7. They limit the number of clients they represent at one time so they can give personal attention. They've got a long track record of taking on insurance companies, corporations, and the government in court. And the most important part, they've got a long track record of winning. Prior results do not guarantee similar outcome. Learn more about them by going to nylegalteam.com. That's nylegalteam.com. And Kyle, as I was saying about Bryce Hall and his injury, this is somebody that has recovered from that injury. And without the benefit of training camp, without any preseason, he just came right off of IR, got thrown right in there, and now he's going to start his third game coming up tomorrow against the Raiders. But in this game against the Dolphins, I thought he was pretty good. The stats don't necessarily show it, but he had tight coverage there. Whenever you're getting beat by tight window throws against an elite receiver, especially when you're talking about a guy who was picked in the fifth round and is only making his second start, that's something that's promising, even if Parker had a really nice day from a stats perspective. Bryce Hall showed you a lot, I thought. Yeah, he definitely did. Um, and, and one thing about Bryce Hall that everyone always touted was his ball skills. And, you know, he had it, he had a couple of pass breakups in this game, if I'm not mistaken. And that's the thing is, you know, he he battled. I mean, he's he's making plays in this game where he's extending his arm over the receiver to get his arm in there to break up some balls. And, you know, he had some nice jams off the line of scrimmage, which we haven't – this is not something we've seen too much of Jets cornerbacks over recent years. When you think about guys like Morris Claiborne, who you're thinking like, man, why is this guy not using his long arm length to, to get a better jam off the line of scrimmage? It's something that Joe, Joe blew it nuts uh, over recent years and stuff. But Bryce Hall was – you know, he was being aggressive, getting solid jams. He was there, sometimes right in, Har in Parker's hip pocket. That's the thing about Parker. And listen, you know Fitzpatrick. Fitzpatrick will throw contested balls. He's always been that daring type of gunslinger. That label fits him correctly. And Parker is, and this was, this has been his whole NFL career, and this is what he was known for as coming out of the draft, the guy who likes to catch contested balls. Bryce Hall was there, and you know he might have come up on the losing side of some of those contested balls, but he was there, he was battling, and he did you know, bat away at least one ball that I can remember, and it might have been multiple. Um, so this, this kid... If, if we're being honest, he's shown you more as a boundary corner than both Bless Austin and Pierre Desir showed you all year. I mean, if we're being honest, he really has. And that's saying a lot as being a kid who didn't really have a training camp as a rookie. So 
and being on IR. So I'm impressed with the kid. I don't know how I feel about him playing right now because I am pro-tank, so I want to lose as much games as possible, but I like that we have this kid on our team for the future. What about the rest of the secondary? What do you think of Ashton Davis, and what do you think of Marcus May now that he's back at free safety? Seems like he's a lot more comfortable, played fairly well against the Dolphins, and then, of course, you've got Ashton Davis. I know he gave up that touchdown, but overall, he showed glimpses, and he's somebody that looks like he could be a keeper for the long haul. Yeah, so Marcus May, I I really do like this player. Uh, I cannot say enough, like how co- continually I am impre- impressed by, by him and I, uh, that I am like, I, I've done a complete like 180 on this player. And I've said this on multiple podcasts. I said this with blue it a couple times. So he knows my shtick. Um, I hated Marcus. I hated the Marcus may pick. And a big part of it was because we just drafted Jamal Adams the round before. So you're going to take two back-to-back safeties in round one and two, like what winning NFL team does that. But Marcus may is a solid player. He really, really is. Uh, he understands route combinations very well. He has pretty good range. Uh, he has very good ball skills. You saw that when he had his, in the earlier game against Miami where he had the butt interception. Like, Jamal Adams will drop interceptions. Marcus May, he's getting two hands on it. He is catching that ball. That's the kind of player that he is. He's a very solid tackler. And... Man, some of these pass breakups that Marcus May had early in this game were super, super, super impressive. I mean, you're talking, um, I don't know if it was on a third down, but you know, it was kind of like uh, Fitzpatrick was uh, scrambling out um, to his right side, and Marcus May came from all the way on the other side of the field to come and break away a pass. Like, I mean, you want to talk about range? That was range right there. Um, it was not an easy pass to break up. Uh, he's really, really good in that role. And if you want to talk about Ashton Davis... You know, Ashton Davis, one thing that's kind of impressed me that I wasn't expecting is he's a very physical player, and this kid consistently plays with good pad level. So he was kind of billed as like a free safety, and that's probably where he's going to end up being best as a free safety because the kid does have range. If he starts picking up on more of the nuances of the game, you know, okay, on this route combination, I need to be in this spot or I need to look out for this. He'll become a better player. It's unfortunate that we got May, who's so good at that, and you kind of can't you can't play them both in the same role at the same exact time. Um, so, I would guess that May probably won't be back next year, which kind of sucks because he is a good player, and we'll see Ashton Davis in that role next year. But um, you know, he has shown flashes and stuff, and as you know, as a blitzer, he's shown you some things. He's very willing to take on blocks from running backs and he gets under these running backs and he lays a shot and he had that kill shot on cam newton um that's that's a big dude he's hitting right there i know cam newton didn't see him coming but uh yeah davis has kind of impressed me and stuff but i want to see him in a role where we're we're probably going to see him more in the future and it's kind of unfortunate that we can't kind of see him in that role right now Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. 
Each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as uh, simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Play like a jet. Play like a jet. One player you're not going to see a lot in the future, I would imagine, is Frank Gore. But to his credit, he's actually played fairly well the last couple of weeks. Another pretty good game against Miami. Not sure that it made a lot of sense to give him 18 carries, but still he was fairly efficient. The wide receivers, you're starting to understand why Joe Douglas put this group together. Denzel Mims, another impressive performance. That 30-yard catch on a pass from Darnold that wasn't particularly sharp was pretty good. And then, of course, you had Brashad Perriman getting open downfield. Jamison Crowder didn't do a lot, but as you talked about and from the video that Robbie Sabo put out, we know that he was wide open on a wheel route for what should have been a touchdown, which brings us, of course, to Sam Darnold who started out pretty good. I liked the first drive. He had that nice strike down the field to Brashad Perriman, and then it sort of went downhill from there. So let's talk about all of these players, the skill positions on offense. What'd you see that you liked and what'd you see that you didn't like? Yeah, well, let's start with Mims because what's not to like there? And, and, and my brother, one of the resident Jets haters, being that he's a Buffalo Bills fan, he's trying to download, uh, downplay Mims's play. But if you've been watching every snap of Denzel Mims, you have to walk away impressed. I mean, dude, I, I've I cannot ever remember seeing uh, a Jets receiver with this type of uh, catch radius that has a solid of hands that he has. Now I know that Brandon Marshall had a big catch radius, but Brandon Marshall had bad hands. Um, and yes, he would make a, a, occasionally some amazing one-handed catches and stuff, but he had so many concentration drops. You don't see that with Mims. Mims is consistently catching, you know, with perfect technique where he's putting both thumbs together. He goes up and gets it. He ch- he times it perfectly. He understands his spacing on the boundaries and stuff. And and one of the things about Mims is because he ran a very limited route tree in college. You didn't see him running many types of routes where he could get a lot of yards after the catch. But like you pointed out in that 30 or so yard catch that he had, he did get a lot of yak there. And he shows you that you know, he does have the speed and the ability to run after the catch. And he's shown that at other points in time this year too. Like when, when, um, in the new England game, you know, he caught it and then he's stiff arming JC Jackson, throwing him off and then getting a couple extra yards. Like this dude does have yak ability, but I mean, the most impressive thing with him is it, 
and even the blocking with this kid. This kid comes to block each and every week. He loves to get up on defenders and then throw his hips into the box. And when you get your hips that close, you're literally you're in the place where you control that corner. He's going where you're going. If you're just extending out with your arms, you're you're not going to do much, and they can easily shed off you. But when you get your, when you roll your hips like that, it's hard for them to shake you. And then obviously it's harder for the to, for the refs to see a holding penalty and then throw a flag. And he's such a great blocker, but that's obviously not the most important thing. Uh, but yeah, his catch radius, man, is something special. Uh, it really, really is. And I think he really he understands spacing on the field and when he needs to break, when he when he needs to stem, and then when he needs to break his stem towards the sideline while still giving him enough space to catch the ball, get two feet in bounds. It, it, it's really good, and we saw more of it in this game. Um, makes you really get excited for when you have next year, hopefully you get another potentially good receiver, get another quarterback, you get more competent coaching. This kid can be special. Um, in terms of other skill players, I don't know if you want to hit on Gore. I'll, I'll mention him briefly. Listen, Jets fans really want to crap on Gore, and he is what he is. Gore is at 37 years old with all those tread, you know, that all the tread not left on the tires. Uh, Frank Gore, he he's not explosive anymore. His skills have deteriorated, but this guy is still pretty good at, at hitting the hole. And listen, when he hits the hole, he's going to hit it, and he's going to fall forward. So. You could do a lot worse than Frank Gore at running back, but he just kind of is what it is at this point. Um, and, you know, it would be nice if P. Ryan wasn't on IR so we could see more of him. Uh, in terms of Perriman, man, so many Jets fans, they seem to be a little quiet right now because, listen, uh, the problem with Perriman, and we all knew this, and we all kind of said this, is he has an extensive injury history. But it, it kind of me and Blewett's opinion on him was kind of like, listen, all things considered, if he can stay healthy, not that he will be better than Robbie Anderson, but he does have higher upside because he does give you that yak ability that Robbie Anderson just didn't really have because Robbie Anderson could go – you lay a pinky on Robbie Anderson, he's going to go down. Uh, but Perriman had that yak ability, and I felt that Perriman could run a more diverse route tree. Um, and he's been pretty impressive as of lately. And again, you want to talk about catch radius with him? Um, he's been going up and getting balls. So he had a crazy catch in this game on the sideline where full extension and he's catching the ball while falling, falling backwards. Uh, I like Perriman and I would like for them to bring him back and hopefully also draft another receiver early or potentially bring in another free agent. I don't know how realistic it is for him to be back because, you know, they might want to go and get a higher end free agent, but you know, Perriman's been impressive in terms of other skill position guys. Listen, Crowder's Crowder. You know, he might not have the stats in this game, but he was still solid. How about Mr. Darnold? Oh, gosh, of course. Yeah, it it's just, it's so bad. Let me say, uh, the wheel route is the really egregious example. Uh, I wrote that one down, too. Uh, another thing about Darnold that I haven't seen anyone else point out is he is extremely bad at selling play action. I kid you not, Scott. I'm watching this game live every single time. Darnold dropped back for a play action. The second he took this within the second, he took the snap. I knew when it was play action, he does not sell it. Well, he does not look the ball in his whole body language is different. And 
you know, if you're a defender, if you're a good, smart defender, you pick up on this type of stuff. You know, everyone always used to hype up how good Peyton Manning was at selling play action. Well, play action is done for a reason. It's meant to suck linebackers in and give you a little bit extra throwing room. If you're not selling it well, people aren't getting faked out, and you're not going to have those extra throwing windows. And he's very bad at selling it. And that's just a little, little nuance that I, I haven't seen anyone else talk about. But I'm telling you, I've picked up on it. And, and, and when next time you watch a Jets game, look out for that. Look at when Darnold sells a play action versus when, you know, he's, you know, just dropping back for a normal pass under center. And I think you'll also be able to start to see that trend. Um, let's see. Also, in, in the third quarter, late in the third quarter, he had Perriman on a over route wide open. And he's, instead, he throws it to Denzel Mims, who's double covered. He's got a safety over the top. And Denzel Mims is also covered by, I believe it was Xavier Howard, too, who's a, a very good, solid corner, who I saw you tweet out that uh, Donald should not test him because he. you want to talk about uh, corners with a knack for a ball, kind of like Marcus Peters, Akib Tlaib-esque ball skills. Xavier mm -hmm. Howard's in that conversation. And I'm pretty sure he was in on the coverage, but, you know, Instead of taking the wide-open Perriman, who would have gotten you a first down, you throw it to double coverage. Now, I get wanting to kind of – I get you trusting Mims and kind of wanting to take uh, advantage of uh, his ability, but that's a dumb play. That's a dumb play. Um, there was a fake toss bootleg. Uh, I forget exactly at what point in the game it was. Uh, he had Mims wide open for a big first down gain. Instead, Darnold ran the ball for a modest gain. And this is kind of the thing with him, like – uh, uh, no, excuse me. That was in a different game. I, I'm sorry. Uh, getting my notes confused. Uh, let's see. Uh, but <laughs> we're seeing trends with Darnold that like sometimes when he has to ad lib, this was supposed to be a good thing about Darnold. He's supposed to ad lib. And sometimes when he's doing that, he's, I don't know if it's lack of confidence or whatever, but he's not seeing things. Uh, second quarter, Darnold had uh, his, one thing about Darnold, man, he, he cannot get off his first read. He cannot, or he's so scared to. And this is a problem that he also had in, in college, in my opinion. Um, so he had he had Crowder uh, wide open on an over route, and he could not get off his first read. Uh, and that's early in the second quarter. Uh, and also in 1449, I believe it was in the second quarter, Donald has a guy. It, this, it's a scramble. He has a guy, but he waits way too long to throw it. He's, you know, one of the things we like to talk about Josh Allen pre-draft was he's a slow processor. He doesn't see things quick enough. Donald is not seeing things quick enough. Actually, you know what? I think you said not such a great throw to that Mims on the big catch that Mims had. This is actually something I'd point out to Donald that it, it wasn't ideal placement. But do remember that on that big play that Donald had to Mims, Donald was also backed up in his own end zone. And he did thread it in between two linebackers. And while Mims had to kind of like really extend for the ball, I'm kind of glad that Donald threw it in that area because that's only – it's the area only where Mims could get it. Like if Donald threw it in kind of another area that might have been easier for Mims to catch it, one of those linebackers might have been able to get a hand on it. So I actually kind of like that play. But overall, this was really bad, this game. It, it's been – it's been continuing to trend in the wrong direction. And all his interceptions were totally his fault. I sent out a tweet that a decent amount of people liked where I, it was his first interception. Donald's scrambling out, and he decides to throw it. 
And uh, I said, oh, that interception's not Darnold's fault. He has no weapons. And I put that in like exclamation marks. And a lot of people knew I was trolling there. Some people didn't catch the sarcasm. And your tweet came out after he threw his interception to Xavier Howard. What was really egregious about that interception, Scott, was Darnold kept clutching the ball. Mm-hmm. Like he's staring him down the whole way. Uh-huh. He's got one hand on the ball. The other hand is totally off. And, like, he's just – he wants to throw it. He wants to throw it. He wants – and then eventually he does throw it. Xavier Howard's in the hip pocket of the receiver the whole time and then picks it off. It was bad. It's really, really bad. That was pretty much a situation where he had decided where he was going to go with the ball before the play, and there was no way that he was changing his mind. And as you said, he locked on. He clutched the ball. Xavier Howard is an excellent cornerback. He knew it the entire time. There was no mystery, and so it was an easy interception for him. We'll see if plays like that end up happening against the Raiders tomorrow. If they do, then this is not going to be even as close as the 20-3 result that we saw against the Dolphins this past Sunday. Kyle Smith, thanks so much for joining me. Really appreciate it. I'm glad that you came on. Man, we got to do this a lot more often. Three years is way too long. I know that you and Joe Blewett have an awesome YouTube show coming up on Monday. You're going to be doing it live. Tell me a little bit about that so that people know what they're getting into when they go and check it out on Monday. Yeah, so uh, Jets X Factor YouTube channel. Um, Decent amount of subscribers over there. Get over there, and uh, so we're going to be doing it from about 6 p.m. Eastern time to about 9 p.m. Eastern time, so about three solid hours of me and Joe Blewett just talking about our observations from the past month of Jets' horrendous football, and uh, it's a YouTube live chat, so you can ask all your questions and give kudos to, to Joe Blewett because Joe Blewett's monitoring calls. You can call into the show. He'll put that information out there, what the number is. He's checking the chat. He's talking with me, and he's pulling up film clips all at the same time. I don't know how he does it, but he's been doing a pretty good job doing it. So Jets Axe Factor YouTube channel this Monday, 6 p.m. Eastern time. Make sure that you join Joe and Kyle on Monday, 6 p.m. to 9 p.m. on the Jets X Factor YouTube channel. If you haven't given us a five-star review on iTunes yet, if you could go ahead and do that for us, really appreciate it. Easy way to help out the show if you like what we're doing. Doesn't take you much time, doesn't cost you any money, but it goes a long way to help us out. So if you could go ahead and do that for us, be quite grateful. And for the latest and greatest in New York Jets podcasts, you know where to go. That's Turn on the Jets Digital and TurnOnTheJets.com. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? 
a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hey, guys. It is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire. Huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, full work limited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.